FNX. Uh, talking to you today about awareness. You know, it's all about awareness with prepping. Most people are still in a normalcy bias, and they're just not prepping at all, and they don't understand the need to prep. They're lost in their normalcy bias. We covered that a lot quite a bit yes, last week uh, when we talked about a lot of the content that we have in our event program that we had available at the last expo. We will also have it at our next expo, and it's also available online for downloading at our website, which is AZ. Dot com. That's P-R-E-P-P-E-R-F-E-S-T-A-Z.com. Today's takeaway, listeners, is going to be talking about a, a booklet I've authored called The Ten Stages of Self-Reliance Awareness. We've had these posted at each of our last two expos on placards, and they usually have a fairly good crowd around them. Uh, we talk about the different stages of awareness people are in, and we've got this published in our last expo program, which unfortunately didn't make it out till after the expo, so we're handing them out right now at various events. And uh, we're going to have it in our next expo program as well. At least the plan is to do that at this time. So we're going to get in-depth today. So today's an opportunity to have information that you can have about what the 10 stages of self-reliance reliance awareness that I've defined are. And my, my request is for whatever stage that you hear yourself in, try on taking on going to the next stage, going to the next level. Uh, you know, as Lisa Bedford states in her book, The Survival Mom, the story of humankind has always been one of survival. Self-reliance weren't fads. There was no alternative. To be less prepared than another family made you vulnerable. And then what's happened is that as we've introduced grocery stores and fast food, the idea of self-reliance has faded away. Most people moved off of farms. They moved into cities. And they became dependent on just-in-time inventory at the grocery stores. And suddenly, as Lisa says, the basics of survival became less of a necessity and almost quaint. Understandably, many of the attitudes of self-reliance and preparedness were lost. They no longer had much value in this newly secure world, and it is into this world we were born. So today, listeners, we are going to go through the 10 stages of preparedness awareness. I'm going to try to get through all 10 stages. Whatever stages we don't get through this week, we're going to hit next week. And the first stage that I list is basically... Most of your friends and family, if they're not preppers, this is, this is stage one. Basically, they're not aware. Uh, we, <laughs> we call it in the book, stage one, the ostrich. And I published that. I, I estimate about 45 to 50% of the public is in there. You may actually think it's higher. Uh, there's other stages of limited or lack of awareness that when you combine them all, it's up to about 85, 90% of the public. But just completely in the ostrich stage is is uh, th- this this person. So here's their perception. Ah, oh, you preppers, you're paranoid extremist morons. I have no time to investigate or any interest in the facts and data you present to me. Instead, let's talk about something meaningful, Tangalos. Should we order pizza or wings for dinner tonight? And are we going to watch The Voice or The X Factor? And these people take particular delight in mocking and ridiculing preppers and are a big reason why prepping has been so slow to develop critical mass. And you, you have these people. I've had them. I've had lots of people come up to me and tell me that. Just as Noah had lots of people come up before, while well, he was swinging hammers, building his ark. <laughs> Look at that idiot, Noah, building that freaking ark. And then, what, what, you know, the story didn't end too well for anyone but Noah, as, as we recall. The, so that's their perception, that we're paranoid extremist morons. They have no time to investigate or in, uh, research the facts. I, I wrote, read a quote last week. That's one of my favorite quotes. I'm not going to reread it again from Edmund Spencer on page five of our book, uh, here's the reality. They are stuck so far in the black hole of the normalcy bias that there's little hope of change until a major black swan event whacks them upside the head. These lost souls will be totally unprepared for enduring a black swan event. And again, we're not going to get into a lot of these definitions. They're all in the book. We covered them last week. Uh, just an example of a black swan event would be a Katrina or Hurricane Sandy. And uh, they will panic at that point, and then they're going to become what, I, what I've termed pirate preppers. And despite their ignorance and arrogance, uh, us preppers, we need to have compassion, not disdain for the ostriches in our life. For the truth is, any of us really could be as hopelessly trapped in the matrix of the normalcy bias they are. You know, uh, we could. We, we aren't the preppers that aren't trapped in that normalcy bias. A lot of times they get a little disdainful and, and, and have, you know, a little arrogance towards people that aren't prepping. And 
you know, my heart is, I thank God that I'm a prepper. I thank God my dad had the experiences he had waking up to become a prepper. But uh, so many people could, could easily be in that normalcy bias. We have to have compassion for them. The definition of them, I have a definition for each level. There's nothing more certain to keep people in everlasting ignorance than condemnation before investigation. That's that quote by Edmund Spencer. The fear I have about them, my fear is for them, same fear Edward, Edward Snowden has about the American public. They, I fear that they see being taking any precautions as a sign of their weakness and a lack of confidence in their future ability to overcome any obstacles. It's almost kind of like, you know, uh, just they, they, they don't want to, they don't want to be perceived as being weak, so preparing for something in their minds may be a sign of weakness. The hope and change I have for them, and at every level I have a hope and change, uh, there is little hope for these people. They are blind sheeple who are followers and will only be, likely only begin to prep when they see virtually everyone else prepping. Their arrogant ignorance will make their experience of a black swan event so much more difficult than it would be if they just tried to use the critical thinking skills God gave them, and took a good look around at what profound changes are taking place in our world and mature into a deeper level of preparedness and self-reliance awareness. So that's stage one. We all have them in our life. Here's, here's the next stage. And, and this is the only stage in the book that I hope people skip over. And it's called Stage 2, The Pirate's Prepper. Now, I estimate... About 10% of the population as of today right now is in this stage two. And anybody that's in stage one, when a black swan event happens, they're going to pretty much go to stage two, or hopefully they'll skip it and go to stage three. But a lot of them are going to stay in stage two. Stage two is a pirate prepper. And as I put here on their perception, believe it or not, there are more than a few people who know that the Skittles will hit the fan someday, and they have an intentional plan to store nothing and simply go and steal others' prepping stash whenever a black swan event occurs. I know it's both sad and disappointing, but many people have stated that that's their A-game plan. There was that moron Tyler Smith on, on Doomsday Preppers who went around, called it, it was the Marauders episode on Doomsday Preppers, and I resent him using that term, and uh, the Marauders, and they, they showed him going around chloroforming a lady and taking all her stuff. I understand that guy got his weapons all taken away from him because he's a convicted felon and he's not allowed to have weapons. But there's a lot of people like that guy, Tyler Smith. Their A-game plan is to take others' stash by force and threat of death when faced with responding to a black swan event. And this is the scary, the scary level because, you know, preppers, whether, wherever you're at, you need to avoid these fire preppers and don't be deluded into thinking they're not out there. There's a lot of them that that's their A-game plan, and for everyone that that's their A-game plan, there's probably 10 more that are going to become like that when the Skittles hit the fan. The reality for these people is they're taking great risk of running into preppers who know how to defend themselves and are more than ready and willing to do so. They're also placing the lives of preppers at great risk. The greatest concern of all fire preppers is the widely held belief that the ranks will exponentially grow three days after a black swan event when the grocery stores are cleared out and the lady of the house tells the man of the house, the kids are hungry. You need to go out and get some food for them. It'll quickly turn into a real life or death survival situation with the stores cleared out and, and, you know, close to 90% of the current population stuck in levels one through five of the self-reliance awareness and having virtually no preparedness plan, legions of these people stuck in the normalcy bias will flip like a light switch from, from uh, being, you know, at whatever stage they're in and becoming a pirate prepper, and many of them are going to go out looting and pillaging from wherever they can. This mob mentality has been observed time and again in inner cities when any type of natural man-made disaster strikes. Uh, you think of the Rodney King riots, Katrina, Sandy. There's been, you know, even what's going on in this town in Missouri uh, they're, where they're upset over this, uh, this kid that got shot. They're going around looting, you know. So it's, it's, come, it's happening. Uh, the fear with these pirate preppers is, is that uh, they will become legion and scenes resembling movies like Mad Max and the Book of Eli and the Road will become commonplace. Well, we're coming up on our first break. When we come back, we're going to finish up on stage two of what a pirate prepper is, and then we're going to get into some more stages. We're not going to be able to get to all 10 today, so we're going to be covering this subject for the next two weeks. My name is Tony Tangalos, and you're listening to The Prepper Patch on KFNX. We will be right back. You're listening to...
listening to The Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Alcoholmakers.com offers distilling equipment to make E85 ethanol, fuel that can power your car, generator, or anything else that runs on gasoline. Take ditch weeds, grass, or sugar water, and a little yeast, and in a few days, it will provide the mash you can distill into pure alcohol. Turn seawater into pure drinking water. Learn how you can legally and affordably secure your own energy independence by creating your own fuel alcohol through distillation. Call 480-226-2128 or visit alcoholmakers.com. American Ready Gear provides serious outdoorsmen the tools to survive. They offer waterproof fire starter chips that provide more than six minutes of steady and reliable flame, even in the wettest of conditions. Or use the fire starters for fuel in their solid steel handheld backpacking camp stove to boil water or heat individual meals. American Ready Gear products are proudly made in the USA. You can find them at AmericanReadyGear.com and on Amazon. American Ready Gear, are you ready? We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. Order the Berkey Light System today. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Do you want to know the truth about buying gold? Research your precious metals investments today. Read How to Buy the Right Gold and the Dangers of Buying Gold at CMIGS.com. CMIGS was founded in 1973 by my father, Bill Haynes, a pioneer in the precious metals industry. CMI Gold and Silver offers 35 years of experience and insight to help you choose the right precious metals investment for you. We buy, sell, and trade. Research your gold and silver investment today at CMIGS.com. Looking to improve your Prepper radio capabilities? Get a powerful 5-watt VHF UHF handheld radio with a lithium-ion battery belt clip and antenna for just $69. Mention Ham Radio and get our amateur radio internet training course for just $22.50. Remember, when cell phone towers are down, Ham Radio still works. RF Gear to Go, your Arizona radio communication source. Call toll-free 1-866-448-4327. That's 1-866-448-4327. Helton Tool is Arizona's discount tool distributor. In addition to power tools, they sell tools for everyday life, such as revereware, Chicago cutlery, and wise emergency foods. Great gifts for the holidays, they carry toys and many household items, including heaters, humidifiers, and roasters. Visit HeltonTool.com for all your everyday needs and holiday gifts. Find your next great deal at Helton Tool. That's HeltonTool.com. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Welcome back, Preppers. You're listening to the Prepper Patch on KFNX. I've got a few announcements I make before we get back into the subject matter here. Um, we have our expo coming up in about eight weeks. It's going to be October 25th and 26th at Westworld of Scottsdale. Our last expo in March had over 185 vendors and 85 classes on all manner of self-reliance topics. It was widely regarded as the largest self-reliance show in the country in the last uh, 15 years. And uh, you can find out more information about that and some of our gifts that we're giving away at PrepperFestAZ.com. That's P-R-E-P-P-E-R-F-E-S-T-A-Z.com. Also, we finally have someone doing a bang-up job running our social media platforms for both the Prepper Patch Radio Show and Prepper Fest Expo. This is something we should have done long ago. Uh, being I'm in my mid-50s, I tend not to be the most uh, social media adept person, but we, we have a, a great guy running it right now. And so I'm going to give you a bunch of info to follow us uh, for our radio show. Uh, visit us at Facebook forward slash Prepper Patch Radio. You can follow us on Twitter at The Prepper Patch. We also have a lot of our current shows that are just releasing on iTunes. You search for Prepper Patch Radio, and they're also at a, a site called Podbeam. Uh, go to PrepperPatchRadio.com. 
podbeam, P-O-D-B-E-A-M.com. And we have our recent shows getting posted there, and eventually we're going to have all of our shows there. For our past shows from October of 2012, when I first hit the airwaves here on KFNX, through February of 2014, every single show we ran for that approximately 16-month period is posted at preparednessradio.com. That's just like it sounds, preparednessradio.com. Go to the Shows tab and select the Prepper Patch. And there's some great shows there, uh, especially on things like Planet X, Nibiru, uh, the Ham Radio. I mean, just about any Prepper subject, we, we, we hit it hard. Uh, then for our expo, you can visit us at PrepperFestAZ.com. We don't have a website for our radio show right now, but you can also visit our Facebook page, PrepperFestAZ Expo, and follow us on Twitter at Twitter at PrepperFest. So we got we got a great team working on that. We're going to keep uh, driving that. We're also going to be doing a lot of giveaways. So for any listener listening today, uh, I'm gonna, I have two free tickets for the first person that emails me at Tony at the Prepper Games dot com and can tell me the author of the three quotes that are listed on page five of our event program. So if you want some free two free tickets to the expo, just give me the names of the three authors of the three quotes that are on page five of the expo and you will we will mail you out uh, two tickets to the expo. Uh, and our program is available for download at prepperfestaz.com. It's right there on the main page, about two thirds of the way down the page. So now we're going to get back to the 10 stages of self-reliance awareness. The takeaway again today is listing the different stages that people are in and asking everybody to learn about these stages and jump up to the next stage. We were just finishing up on the stage two, the pirate prepper, and we're not going to be able to get through all 10 stages today, so we're, we're going to reserve for next week covering the last five stages. We'll just get through the first five stages for today. Uh, so again, the fear of the fear of the these numbers are going to become legion because everybody who's not prepped is going to dive in, is going to end up in this receptacle of being a, becoming a fire prepper because they're going to want to eat and they're not going to have food to eat, so they're going to go around stealing from other people or begging, borrowing, whatever. Uh, the hope and change, um, and I put here, uh, you know, I'm just being honest about it, there is not much hope and change for these people. Uh, the majority of these people will become pirate preppers as it, as it, after it's far too late to change. Just like when the people were laughing at Noah building that ark, there wasn't a lot of hope for them. Uh, and once, once there was, you know, once they realized that they needed their own ark, it was too late. It was too late, and they drowned. It'll be similar to someone already physically dead trying to find their religion. It will simply be too late. Uh, one hope is for preppers to have a rural haven to live in when things go bad so they can minimize the possibility of encountering a pirate prepper. And I'm just going to segue a little bit. That's one of the reasons why we're in the process of, of, of beginning to develop these prepper ranches up north. And whether you get a prepper ranch, you know, wherever, you don't need to get one from me, but preppers, by all means, I implore you, as part of your prepping awareness, recognize that being in a city, especially a city the size of Phoenix, which is the sixth largest city in the United States, in a grid-down situation, when they're, when the uh, it's widely regarded that there's going to be a black swan event, typically a man-made black swan event. It's going to impose martial law. They're going to shut down the roads. So food and medicine and supplies are not going to be coming in and going out of these towns. And, and it's going to become very, very difficult and painful. I'm just peeling back the varnish. You know, I'm giving you the unvarnished truth on what many preppers expect. And, and, and the people that have really looked at this really believe this is, this is going to be reality. So I, am, I implore you and encourage you to plan to have somewhere out of town that you can get to. And, you know, there's a lot of concerns about this. Well, I might not be able to bug out. It will be too late when I bug out. Well, you know, when am I going to know to bug out? How am I going to get there? You know, there's, there's a whole world of concerns about that. And for the sake of this show, we're not going to have time to get into all those. Uh, we've had other shows on, on bugging out, and uh, we will have more shows on bugging out coming up. But if you have any ability to create a place out of town where you can go preferably before or at, at the worst case at the very beginning of a black swan event hitting, you will be much safer being out of town in a rural area. So I'm thinking of places like Prescott, Sholo, Pine Top, Lakeside, Heber, Overgard, uh, Kingman, uh, even Flagstaff. Now Flagstaff's a fairly good sized city, but it's not going to have anywhere near the problems the city the size of Phoenix is going to have. Uh, Safford is, is often thought of, well, it's a little close to the border for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, Alpine, uh, Hannigan Meadow, anywhere up in a rural area, <coughs> excuse me, you want to be able to get 
get up and get out of town uh, before the pirate prepping starts to hit bad. And I'm sorry if this sounds a little fear-based. You know, we try to keep things positive on the show here, but let's be honest. There's there's big concerns about pirate preppers, and the best way to avoid them is not to be in their vicinity. Um, we've we've heard a lot about this, and and we really encourage you to to think about and plan to get out of Dodge uh, before Black Swan events. And one other thing I'll mention about that is is uh, a lot of people ask me, well, Tony. How do I know when to go? You know, I've got a job, and I don't want to have to boogie until until I know it's at the last minute of some black swan event. One one of the key litmus tests that people constantly refer to, I've heard this on, first I think I heard it on Glenn Beck before he was off the air, the public airways and TV, and I've heard this from other people, is when we're looking at the black swan event of the collapse of the dollar, which is one of the biggest things that people are preparing for, and one of the most likely things that's going to happen at some point in the future, it's widely believed that the euro is going to go down before the dollar will. And so if you're preparing, uh, if you see the euro start to collapse, that's a really good litmus test. That's a really good uh, trigger point for you to say, okay, the, the euro went down. It's probably going to take the dollar down. Now, nobody's got a crystal ball, and I'm not sitting here telling you I know the answers to this stuff. I'm just sharing with you what others have said that resonates with a lot of people and makes sense. Uh, again, no one has a crystal ball, but if you do see the euro go down and you are in a position where you have somewhere to go to bug out, that would be a good time to consider doing that, especially if you're in a, in a job position where you can, you, you can uh, you know, telecommute for your job where you don't have to be physically in the city to do your job. Uh, that, that's a really good time to uh, plan to bug out. Uh, and, and another thing about bugging out, you know, you see a lot of the programs on Doomsday Preppers where a black swan event happens and then they're in a, they're in a huge rush and screaming and yelling at each other, you know, pack up, get out, blah, 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 blah. Um, it, it, Arizona is considered by most people to be one of the last places where, where things are going to get bad, even when they hit the United States. The East Coast, the major metropolitan areas like New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Miami, the coasts are where the, the uh, Washington are where the first wave of real discomfort is appears to be hitting. So even if you don't wait till the euro gets uh, goes toast, even if you want to wait a little longer, another good sign is when you start to see civil unrest hitting on the coast, it's widely expected. Again, no one's got a crystal ball. It's widely expected that that is going to happen on the coast before it gets to Arizona. So, so I'm giving you some of the uh, tr- ideas and trigger points of, of when to bug out and how to bug out. It's probably the, the most top two most often asked questions I've received over the years about this thing. Well, we're going to start in on uh, stage three, uh, and then we're going to go come to break here in a little bit. Stage three I call the reluctant seeker. Estimated percentage of the population is about 20%. Okay, so the reluctant seeker has recently begun to sense the normalcy bias matrix that stage one and two preppers are steep in, and is finally, albeit reluctantly, starting to at least cursorily look into the barrage of factual information that the prepping community and the preppers in his and her life have presented to them. The reluctant seeker is troubled by the deteriorating conditions of world events and beginning to realize that there just may be possibly something more to this whole prepper movement than, than the presently dominant illusion by that preppers are paranoid extremists. Well, we're going to finish up on stage three when we come back. You're listening to the Prepper Patch on KFNX, and the takeaway today is learning the 10 stages of awareness and figuring out which one you're in and moving to the next stage. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Coverage you can count on around the clock. News, Jim Howell on weather, and the KFNX traffic team. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. This is the Blaze Radio News. I'm Chris Vermillion. The Reverend Al Sharpton speaking at Greater Grace Baptist Church in Ferguson, Missouri, during a rally for the family of Michael Brown taking time during his speech to criticize the type of equipment police used to keep themselves safe during the protests. The militarization of police in this country, the shocking display 
of military operations. Sharpton with better ideas on how to spend the people's money. If you got enough money to bring all that equipment in here, you got money for jobs for these young people. The U.S. military striking back against ISIS in Iraq. Here's the Blaze Radio's Tom Peace with the latest. The latest round of U.S. airstrikes in Iraq against ISIS terrorists includes the first reported use of land-based bombers, U.S. forces conducting 14 airstrikes on Sunday, and Kurdish forces have retaken parts of the Mosul Dam. Now they have some air support both from the Iraqi uh, Air Force and the U.S. Air Force and have made real progress around that dam. Michigan Republican and chair of the House Intelligence Committee, Congressman Mike Rogers. ISIL now is a terrorist organization with an army. That's what makes them so dangerous. Tanks, helicopters, heavy artillery, money, all of those equate to pretty dangerous situation. Rogers on CBS's Face the Nation. I'm Tom Peace, The Blaze News. Two young Amish sisters abducted from a roadside farm stand in northern New York and sexually abused by their captors, who police now say were targeting other children in the area. The 7- and 12-year-old sisters being released the day after their abduction, the suspected kidnappers being held without bail. This is news on the Blaze Radio Network. Truth lives here. Hi, everybody. Chet Reynolds from the KFNX Weather Center. Well, leave it to Sunday to be our hottest day of the weekend. We'll have sunny skies with late afternoon breezes and a high of 108. Tonight, clear skies with overnight temps in the low 80s. Chet Reynolds, Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 104 degrees. Next news in 30 minutes or when it breaks. Here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Spirits, beer, wine, everything Arizona drinks and the people who bring it to you. Come together. Join us for the Bar Pros of Arizona Cocktail Hour with me, Eddie Garcia. The Cocktail Hour, every Monday at 8 p.m. Catch the Dennis Miller Show. Weekdays 10 till noon. On Independent Talk. 1100 KFNX. I'm Amy McClure, owner of A&M Mechanical. When my customers have no heating or cooling in their homes, my service trucks have to be ready to respond. So we rely on National Automotive Repair. They keep our entire fleet up and running all year long. Of course, we also trust National Automotive Repair with our personal vehicles, too. My company strives on providing service with integrity, so I choose an automotive repair shop that does, too. I trust National Automotive Repair to care for all my vehicles. I can rely on them to be honest, timely, and fair with every visit. You, too, can trust National Automotive Repair. They will care for all of your vehicle servicing needs. Hi, I'm Randy from National Automotive Repair. National Automotive Repair has been in business since 1997, and I built this business on the basics of honesty and integrity. NAR is an independently owned Napa Auto Care Center. We are also an ASC Blue Seal of Excellence shop. We have always been rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. Give us a call at 602-978-3278, 602-978-3278, or visit us at narepair.com. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Hey, Preppers, we're back talking about the 10 stages of self-reliance awareness. We're going to hit stages 1 through 5 this week. And then next week on the 24th, we're going to hit stages 6 through 10. We're currently talking about stage 3, and we're calling this stage the reluctant seeker. And, you know, I remember every single one of these stages. I was, I was, I'd have to say I was only very young when I got out of stage 1, which was the ostrich, because of my dad uh, going through the depression, all the pain he went through. He, he, he got me into the reluctant seeker stage right away. So stage 3 is the reluctant seeker, and this is... And I have family members now that have, that have gone through this stage and actually up to the next stage. Uh, so the reluctant seeker is someone who's finally looking around and going, you know, we're not living in the Ozzie and Harriet Ward and June Cleaver times of the 50s and early 60s here. Things are, you know, we got a government debt that's looking bad. We almost had an EMP come from a, a, a solar flare from the sun almost take us out a couple of weeks ago. We got, you know, increasing earthquakes and hurricanes as prophesied in the Bible and the book of Revelation. 
they're starting to see, you know, the war, the rumor of war, what's going on in the Mideast meltdown with the caliphate, what's coming, going on in Central America with the narco state pushing all these parents to send their kids on trains to get to America, give them a chance of having a safe life that they can't have down there. You, you know, you look around at all the things going on, and, and these people are finally starting to look around and go, you know, all right, I guess I'm going to start looking into it. These people are still stuck. The perceptions, they're still stuck in the normalcy bias, but they at least recognize that it may exist and are willing to question whether it's their best move to stay in the normalcy bias or start looking around. Uh, my reality for these people is, although better than being hopelessly lost as those in the, in the phase, stage one or two are, the reluctant seeker is still, still so gripped by the matrix of the normalcy bias that until and unless they conduct some honest assessments of the data presented to them, they are not really going to advance to a stage where they actually start to take concrete steps to preserve their life. You know, and I've got a lot of friends like this. You know, they, they've been in the normalcy bias, and I talk to them, and I, I'm not belligerent about it. I just, you know, they, they ask me or I bring it up in passing in conversation, and they're starting, you know, they come back to me and they go, you know, I just saw, I just saw this, you know. I saw something about 9-11 and how it doesn't add up, you know. I I saw something about, you know, this, that, or the other and how it's not adding up. You know, this GMO thing, it looks like this GMO thing is really something to be concerned about, and it certainly looks like Monsanto is doing everything it can to thwart the public from being able to be protected about GMOs. They're starting to wake up, but they're just in that reluctant seeker stage, which is stage three. My fear for this level is that they're, they're, the main fear now is a balancing act. Their main fear is uh, now a balancing act between they, they don't want to be labeled a prepper because, you know, doomsday preppers are oh, paranoid extremist morons. I don't want to be that guy. Yet they also don't want to be the last person to get on the prepping bus and get that they need to start prepping when this preparedness movement really starts to take off. They want to be on the popular side, and they're beginning to sense that the public sentiment's beginning to shift from portraying preppers as paranoid extremist morons, now it's starting to shift towards more people are becoming prep, are preppers. And the hope for these people, hope now exists that as they start to explore their world and put the data that's presented to them together, they will start to put the pieces of the puzzle together in advance to the next stage. You know, my dad, I've, I've mentioned last week that my dad went through the depression and he, he raised me to be a prepper. And so I had my, I, I was looking for things. And I'm going to share with you right now what really, what really woke me up in terms of uh, false flag events. And it, it, was, it was 9-11. You know, there was something after 9-11 happened that just didn't sit right with me. First of all, I actually saw 9-11 happen live. Um, I, was, uh, I had just gotten back from a trip to Indianapolis for a trade show uh, that Sunday night, the 9th. And Tuesday morning, something just said, go to the gym and get up early. I almost never go into the gym at 5.30 in the morning. And, and I was in the gym working out on a treadmill, watching CNN at 5.30 in the morning. And then about 5.45 when that first plane hit, the, the news story I was watching broke in and showed a picture of the 9-11, one of the Twin Towers smoldering. And I was watching that, you know, and everybody in the gym's kind of watching that going, wow, you know, a plane, a plane hit. And we didn't know what size plane, we didn't know anything about it. And I was watching the news story as they were wondering what was going on when I saw the second plane come in live. Now, the first one nobody saw live because it was obviously cameras weren't trained on it. They were having that one movie producer that caught that first plane hit as they were shooting a movie scene on the streets of Manhattan that surfaced months later. But the second plane, just about everybody that was able to watch the news was, was able to see that. When that second plane came in, there was a real, I mean, the whole gym, people stopped working out and just started gathering around the TV and going, what the heck is this? And, and there was, you know, that was, I think everybody will remember, that's like a JFK moment. You know, where were you when, when 9-11 Twin Towers got hit? And, there, you know, I, I, I had this little inner voice uh, as, as that whole scene unfolded and then the towers collapsed and all the pain and agony that happened in that day that, that will live in infamy just like Pearl Harbor, uh, as that all unfolded, there was this little inner voice that was just saying, you know, this isn't quite as it's being represented. It didn't sit right with me. And that, that's what really woke me up to get from the reluctant seeker stage into the curious seeker stage and, and on and on to the other stages that we have coming up. Well, we're going to jump into the fourth stage now. The fourth stage I call the curious seeker. 
So distinguished from stage three, which is the reluctant seeker, the curious seeker is now not like he's he's made that mental or her they they've made that mental flip from thinking that oh I guess I'll look into this because these people are not going to stop bugging me until I look into it to oh uh, you know uh, the more I look the more I see that uh, you know these preppers these uh, pangolos these other guys they seem they might they might have something I, I I need to look more I'm I'm getting curious now they're starting to notice that the world they live in does not even remotely resemble the world they grew up in. Somewhere, someone in their life got through to them to help them start to realize that the lamestream media is focused on keeping them sheeple and that there's an information war going, battle going on. They see an increasing number of the public growing dependent to sucking on the increasingly socialist government nipple, and they know that this alone has us headed towards financial disaster. They are beginning to take personal responsibility for their own education and the need for adopting the self-reliance lifestyle. So this is stage four, and this is a big paradigm shift. I, I'm estimating that maybe 10 to 15% of the population is now in this stage. And when you add it up with stage one, two, and three, you're up at uh, 40, 50, 60. So you're up to about 75% of people in, are in stages one through four. They haven't done a lick. They haven't done a, a doggone thing to start prepping yet, but they're starting to look around. They're starting to question what they see. They're starting to question the mainstream media's portrayal of a lot of the events. They're starting to realize that although America is an exceptional country and, and, and we were founded with exceptional ideals and principles, that maybe our current government is, is not in, embodying the principles that our founding fathers of this fantastic great country that I'm proud to live in uh, as an American uh, created, and that our government's become increasingly tyrannical with their, with their snooping on us in, in the, the foreign policy things that we're doing. So the stage four curious seeker is really starting to look around, and the reality is that they are now entering the road to understanding the preparedness lifestyle. They still have a long way to go, but at least they're beginning to wake up. They must move quickly into adopting deeper levels of self-reliance before it is too late for them, but at least they are on their way. And this is, this is the stage that we're just, you know, stage three and stage four is where we're trying to get people that are not preppers to start getting into. You know, get out of that condemnation before investigation phase and do enough investigation. We all know preppers. The information's out there. The Internet's got it everywhere. They just have to look for it. And when they look for it, they'll find it. It's, it's just getting them out of that condemnation before investigation uh, mentality. That's, I, I think it's actually demonic. I truly do. I think it's demonic mentality that has people trapped in that normalcy bias. Um, so uh, to quote Patrick Henry, for whatever part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I'm willing to know the whole truth and to know the worst of it and to provide for it. That's, that's what I call the proper mantra. Well, we're coming up on our last break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Tony Tangelos on the Prepper Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Prepper Patch on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Please stay with us as we will continue to explore some of the specific steps you can take to improve your family's self-reliance and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Doug Ducey says, judge me by my business record. Okay, here are the stone-cold facts. Hundreds of Ducey's franchises started with loans backed by the federal government. That means you and me. 46% of these taxpayer-guaranteed loans went unpaid when the businesses failed. Ducey pocketed millions in franchise fees. Taxpayers lost millions to pay the money back. Ducey's gain was taxpayers' loss. His business record? A costly taxpayer bailout. Doug Ducey doesn't deserve our vote. Paid for by Better Leaders for Arizona, not affiliated with any candidate or candidate's campaign committee. Not sure who to support in the race for governor? Only one candidate has earned endorsements from leading conservatives across Arizona and the country. Doug Ducey. Now, Doug is endorsed by Sheriff Joe Arpaio of Maricopa County. Sheriff Joe. A lot of people have asked me who I'm supporting for governor. Well, this year, Arizonans have a clear choice, and it's Doug Ducey. Doug is the son of a police officer and a man of integrity. And he has the experience Arizona needs right now. I trust Doug to fight to secure the border and to keep our families safe. I hope you'll join me and vote for Doug Ducey for governor. Doug Ducey is the only candidate with a realistic plan to secure the border and protect our citizens. 
guardsmen, fencing, more police and prosecutors. If the Obama administration won't get the job done, Arizonans will. Paid for by Ducey 2014, DougDucey.com. America is truly exceptional, and she deserves to be defended in the face of a rogue and runaway government. As respecters of freedom, we must commit to raising the banner of freedom for all to see. Hi, this is Shane Krauser, the director of the American Academy for Constitutional Education. Inspire your group and give them the tools and education to move this message forward. Schedule us to speak at your next event by visiting us at aafce.com. America's best days are yet to come. That's aafce.com. Welcome back to the Prepper Patch on Independent Talk 1100 KFNX with your host, Tony Tangalos. Today, Tony is discussing some of the specific steps that you can take to become increasingly self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. Okay, preppers, we're finishing up on the first five stages of what I've penned as the five stages of self-reliance awareness, ten stages of self-reliance awareness. Which stage are you in? We're going to hit the first five stages this week, and we're going to hit the last five stages next week. Well, right now we're on stage four, and we're talking about the curious seeker. So stage one, just to recap, if you just joined us, stage one is the ostrich. We're estimating about half the population is in there. They just ridicule and mock preppers. Stage two is the pirate prepper, where we're estimating about 10% of the people are in that. That's people have their A-game plan is not to prep, but just to steal from people. I've actually had people look me in the eye. Oh, you're one of them there preppers. Yeah, I know I should prep. I got me a shotgun, and the second the skittles hit the fan, I'm going to whip my shotgun out, and I'm going to sit on the side of the road and look at one big, fat prepper. Mold. And this guy was telling me this just like I'd met him no more than 10 minutes ago at a restaurant, and, and this, is, this is what he's telling me. One big, fat prepper. And he wasn't joking. This guy was not joking. He was, <laughs> as best as I could tell, he was dead serious. Now I'm going to shoot their engine block out, and if they give me a hard time, I'm going to shoot them, and I'm going to take all their stuff. That's my prepping plan. And I, I've actually had professionals tell me this too, doctors, uh, others, that, that 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 is their plan, is, is to, to arm themselves to the teeth and, and to basically uh, offer protection and, and take from others. Uh, and, and God help them. I mean, God forgive them. May God have forgiven them. May God protect preppers from these people. I hope that anybody that uses violence as a means of acquiring things uh, gets taken out of commission uh, rather, rather quickly and and. And they certainly don't harm anybody. Uh, we don't. We don't know. We just leave it all in God's hands. But may may preppers be protected uh, against these people. So that was stage one and two. Stage three is the reluctant seeker, where someone's they gotten so tired of preppers telling them to look at stuff, they're actually finally getting off their, their butt and doing it. But they're not doing it in in a curious, inspired way. They're doing it in a in a reluctant way. And then stage four, which is what we're currently on, is called the curious seeker. So we covered that the perception of the curious seeker is that they're starting to notice the world's changing, and the reality is they're beginning to wake up. The fear that we have about the curious seekers is that they do not invest the time to do the research necessary to see just how far down the road to a black swan event rocking the world they are in. And uh, so they're, 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 and I, I know a fair amount of people in this curious seeker stage. You know, they listen to me. They, 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 they look at me as a resource. Uh, for information, and they want to hear what I'm what I'm talking about, but they're still not prepping yet. They're still not there. They're still just looking around and thinking that this is something maybe they need to look a little more into. But then the second they think that, you know, the phone rings, the kids that want something, the wife wants something. There's a football game on TV, and they just go right back into their normalcy bias and they don't keep looking. So that's the fear for these people: is that uh, you know they won't complete the basics of prepping before it's too late for them. And the hope and change, the hope is that they take the time and make the commitment to do their own research and, if undertaken, will lead them to the truth of just how fragile our society is and will validate the need to take rational steps to start adopting the preparedness lifestyle. By the way, all of these stages we're going to have available, the plan is, is to have them available at the expo in a booklet. At this point, we're probably going to have it in an event program like we uh, plan to have at the last expo, uh, and, and details of exactly how that will come out will be posted on our website a little later. Um, so we're now going to jump into stage five. Stage five is what I call the reluctant believer. It's not the reluctant, it's not the reluctant seeker, which was stage three, or the curious seeker, which is stage four. Stage five is the reluctant 
believer. This is that we're estimating about 5% of the populations in this stage. They have now reached the halfway point on the self-reliance stage list. They've conducted enough of their own research and data that others have presented to realize that there is something credible and authentic to it. Their prepper friends are not the paranoid extremists that the stage one and two critics believe, but they actually have some valid and rational positions. The next transition to stage six is the most important, as although the reluctant believer recognizes the need to begin prepping, they and that they need to take concrete steps to begin adopting the preparedness lifestyle, uh, they have not done that yet. As the daily cares and concerns of their busy lives are used as an excuse to delay prepping for another day. So these people, there's a clear distinction between the curious seeker and the reluctant believer. The curious seeker is still looking, going, yeah, I need to look into this a little more. The believer's like, well, I've looked into this enough to know that I need to prep. And so they're basically philosophically, ideologically, intellectually, they're, they're a prepper, but realistically they're not yet. And I bet you all have people in this stage that you know that, that they know they need to prep, but they're just not getting started. Maybe there's some listeners listening to, to me today that are at that stage where they know that 9-11 was an inside job or that the GMO crisis is going to be a catastrophe and Monsanto's seeded every level of government to thwart labeling that is in all the European countries or any of the other things that are happening. It could be man-made. It could be natural. There's all sorts of reasons to prep. Um, the, the key with the reluctant believer and, and with, with any step at this stage, the key is go to the next step, try in the next step. If you're in the normalcy bias, do a little looking around and become the, 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 the reluctant seeker. If you're the reluctant seeker, do enough research, you're going to become a curious seeker. And if the curious seeker keeps doing enough research, they're sure as heck going to become the reluctant believer. And if the reluctant believer does enough research, they're going to go to the next stage, which we're going to cover next week, uh, which is stage six. I'll mention the name of it today. I call it the novice prepper is stage six. But we're going to finish up on stage five here today. The reality is they must continue to do additional research, and the key to their future independence is to make the greatest transition to stage six where they actually begin to take concrete steps to prepare for the family's future safety and security. The fear is that they keep putting off until tomorrow what they know they should be doing today and find themselves seriously regretting their inaction, particularly if they endure a black swan event, knowing that, knowing that they should have been prepared. They're basically the grasshopper and the grasshopper and the ant story. They know they should prepare, they've been warned, and they don't do it. The hope and change is that these people are finally ripe to entering the self-reliance lifestyle. And their safety and security, and their family security, their loved one's safety and security, depends on the moving to stage six. And I remember when I was in that stage, I mean, I, I got there pretty early because, again, my dad raised me to be a prepper, but I went to, uh, I, I, you know, I went through stages four and five pretty quickly, and and nine eleven was what really helped me helped me get out of stage four and, and into stage five and into stage six, where I started prepping. And so there are so many things out there. Uh, again, we're going to have an event program that's going to have a bunch of websites that people can go to. If you go to the website right now, prepperfestaz.com, you can download our event program from the last expo, and it has a lot of great websites in the back. It has, the only thing that it doesn't have in there is the 10 stages of self-reliance awareness because I'm publishing that as a book and I didn't want to have it out there for free on the Internet. Um, but all of the other information that we talked about last week on the, the definition of normalcy bias, black swan theory, the uh, three favorite quotes about the no condemnation before investigation, the GMO crisis, conspiracy theory versus coincidence theory, all that stuff's in the program and is downloadable from our website at prepperfestaz.com. Well, we're coming up on, our, on uh, the end of our show here. I do want to mention one event that we're having at the Expo that's new. Our Expo is being cut from three days to two days. Instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's only Saturday and Sunday. And we haven't had a major rally at our Expos in the past, but we're planning one this uh, October 25th, Saturday evening. It's after the Expo closes. It's free. It's called Freedom Fest. It's being put on by the Constitutional County Project, which uh, is two of my friends, Sam Payne and John Laurie, are, are uh, involved with. They're, they're leading this thing. And it's going to be at 6 o'clock p.m. at the Expo site, outside the Expo. 
So the expo is indoors inside the Tony Nelson Equestrian Center. This Freedom Fest is going to be outside after the expo closes, and it's free. So it's going to be it's called the Freedom Fest. It's one day only, Saturday evening from six to about eight thirty, and we're going to have a headlining cast of speakers there, uh, including Sheriff Mack. The full slate of speakers has not been established yet. Sam and John are the guys putting this thing together, and they're, and they're going to be organizing it and running it. But it's free, and it's going to be a great opportunity for you to bring your friends and family and have them learn why to wake up and how to wake up and, and also learn about the Constitutional County Project, which is a really, really neat thing that Sam and John are working on. So I encourage uh, all the listeners that are out there, if, you, if, you're, if you're trying to get people to come to the expo and they won't come to the expo, say, you know what? If, if you're at least a stage three, four, or five, if you're a reluctant seeker, if you're a curious seeker, if you're a reluctant believer, this is where to get some more information. You don't have to spend 10 bucks or 12 bucks to go to the expo. This thing's free. Just come on out, drag them along, and we will have some excellent speakers on why and how to prepare, and why you should prepare and how to prepare, and, and in particular, how to be, how, why it's important to defend and protect and preserve our constitutional rights. These guys have this Constitutional County Project, which is just an outstanding program that they have. If you're interested in more information about it, you can go to www.constitutionalcountyproject.org and uh, learn more about it. It's a fantastic thing they're doing. They are making Navajo County, Arizona, as their flagship county where they're planning this activity. And when Sheriff Mack found out about it, he got so excited about supporting the Constitutional County Project that he decided to run for sheriff in Navajo County. So he made that announcement about two Saturdays ago at a church, and he will be uh, likely making that announcement again at our Prepper Fest Expo. And we look forward to seeing you at the Expo. If you don't come to the Expo, please come to the Freedom Fest at the after hours of the Expo on Saturday, October 25th. It's free. It's not going to cost you a penny. We're going to have uh, food and beverages available for purchase there, and it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to learn about the Constitution County Project. That's all for now, folks. We'll talk to you next week covering stages 6 through 10. Join us next Sunday at 2 p.m. to discover more steps you can take to become more self-reliant and embrace the preparedness lifestyle. This is Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX.